We're continuing our study this morning of the things that God has called us to, to bring with ourselves, to take with ourselves as we go to the people around us with his love. And so the grace of God be with you today and this week then as you take these good things of God and, uh, and take them to the people that you love the most. We're going to start today and take a look at God's word for us from James chapter 1, James chapter 1, and today what I want to talk to you about from James chapter 1 here is what we could call doing gospel good, doing gospel good. And, and what is gospel good? Gospel good is this, it is actions that are actually for both people and God uh, as considered good. So they are actions that both people and God, as they receive them, would call good. Uh, and you can see it's actions, right? It's not just things that we say, but it's, it's things that you actually do. And it is for real people, actual people. They actually benefit from it. And then it's, it's genuine. It's not hypocritical. It's not uh, fake. It's authentic, if you like that word. Authentic, good for real people. Now, I think we can all kind of understand right away what we're talking about and see how, how hard that is. Uh, I don't know exactly about you, but in talking with many of you, I can sense from us, you know, just how hard it is to do good for other people right now. It, it's so hard. A lot of people are very angry, very, very confused. But let's just give us an example of, of just what we're talking about here, of how hard it is to do genuine good for people. And, and this example is not any of you. It's not anybody, any of you really know. This is from my, my past. You know, I worked with a family one time. Uh, I spent a lot of time helping and, and serving that family, you know, doing things for the family. I'd go over and, and, and help install things at their house, right? Or I'd go over and, uh, and just provide them with maybe food or other basic items for life. Uh, we'd do projects together around the house. And, and I provided Christian guidance and, and counsel and input to the family. You know, so we were close. We were really tight. We, we talked a lot about a lot of situations. We had a very intimate and close relationship. And then the whole thing just exploded. Uh, it, it just it blew up. And there were a bunch of, of reasons for that. But one of the things that they said uh, about me, they said that, uh, they said, you said one time that you were really good at working, working people in these situations. Not working with people, but working people. And I said, I don't remember ever saying that. Or, but that was the impression they took. And I realized they thought I was manipulating them. Right? They thought I was, I was manipulating them. I was, I was using them. They thought that I was a hypocrite. Now, I'm not telling you that because I, I want you to think that I'm a hypocrite and, and everything is fake. I'm not telling you that because I'm looking for pity from you. I'm telling you that because, because religious people tend to think that we're pretty good. And, and, and we have to say, you know, you're probably not as good as you think you are. We're probably not as good as we, we think we are. Right? The basic religious belief, uh, the basic religion of the world, not, not Christianity, but the religious mindset says, if I'm a good person, then God loves me, and he accepts me, and he blesses me, and he forgives me, and, and everything will be okay. Right? And so then most religious people say, I feel loved, I feel forgiven, I feel blessed, so I must be a pretty good person. That's, that's our basic logic, isn't it? I feel loved, I feel blessed, I'm a pretty good person. I mean, you know how often you, you ask or you tell me, I feel bad, Pastor, I need forgiveness, I just feel guilty about so many things in life. It, it doesn't happen, does it? Most of us feel, feel pretty good 
pretty forgiven and loved most of the time. And the, the basic religious belief in the whole world is, if I'm a good person, then God loves me. And so what do most of us think most of the time? I must be a pretty good person. But that's just not, not the way it actually is. There was a really interesting study done by, the, uh, done by a man named David Kinneman at the beginning of the, the 2000s. And this study he did, he talked to, the, to a lot of non-believers, and he asked them, you know, what do non-believers and unbelievers think about Christians? And, and the result was, one of the, one of the people in the study said this. It's, it's a pretty strong statement. Christianity has become marketed and streamlined into a juggernaut of fear-mongering that has lost its own heart. Wow. What does it mean? He's saying most, most people tend to see Christians, they think they're doing good, and yet people say they're not that good, and they're not doing that much good. And I, I think you and I have felt this, haven't we? You know, I was just talking this, this last week with a, an acquaintance, and that acquaintance had a, a relative who was changing religions, switching religions, and that, uh, that relative said to especially the Christians out there, you know, don't judge me. Don't say I'm wrong. Don't tell me I'm wrong. You can't be judging me. You, even your own Bible tells you don't judge me. Don't be a bunch of, of hypocrites. You know, and that was the impression. That's the feeling that this person had. And you know what? God would say the same thing to you and me. And twice in this lesson, James says, don't deceive yourselves. What's he saying? He's saying it's really easy to think you're doing good when you're not. It's really easy to think that we're doing good when we're not. The basic message of Christianity about doing good is, is not, if I'm a good person, then God loves me. It's, God loves me, and he sent his son Jesus to die and to rise for me. And, and because of that, I will do good. I, I will love people just as God has, in Jesus Christ, loved me. That's the basic message of Christianity about doing good. It's that God has loved us in Jesus Christ so much that he sent his own son. And I am glad to do good for as many people as I get a chance to. That's the message of Christianity. And that happens, you know what, no matter how good or how bad the times are. We talked a little bit last week as we looked at this letter from James, just how stinky and cruddy everything was for the people of James' world. We talked about how the people had been scattered, right? Families and, and uh, clans broken up, spread out far and wide. We talked about the economic equality that people were experiencing, right? We talked about, about the testing, the trials that people were going through. It was a really hard time. And still James told them, do what the word says. Don't just listen to it, right? Do what it says. He wasn't dumping on them. He wasn't trying to make them feel bad. He was just saying, look, it doesn't matter if your life is easy and things are good or, or if things are crazy hard. That's the best time to do what God says. And I want to draw your attention this morning. Draw, draw your eyes, if you could join me, in looking at what the Word says at three things, three points that, that uh, James makes about doing good. And, and it's, it's this. He says we should be doing moral good, we should be doing verbal good and personal good. If you've got James chapter 1 there, you can see the, the moral good that James says. He says, rid yourselves from all moral filth. And, okay, so that one should be pretty easy. But we don't actually talk about moral 
good very often. Moral or morality are the standards by which you judge yourself and the things that are good and bad. Right? That's what morality is. It's, it's what's good, what's bad, and how do I judge myself. And, and, and it's really easy to think today that, that a lot of people don't have very high standards, that they just don't have standards for morality at all, right? because they live however they want. And yet that's not really true. That's not the case. Um, most people would say, actually, we have very high standards. We just have very different standards. Right? We have very different standards. And that's, that brings up a question. And that's the question that you, know, you and I each need to ask. James puts it this way. He says, pay attention. He puts it in, in like this. He says, accept the word planted in you. So do you know what your moral foundation really is? Have you taken to heart the, the words that are good and true and right? So you have a good, real, solid moral foundation? Or is your foundation real weak, not real strong, not real healthy. Do you know what your moral foundation is? And then James says, second thing you need to watch for is your your verbal life. What are the words you say? Do you have words that line up with your actions? And then the third thing James says about paying attention to doing real good, real gospel good, is to say, is it personal? You notice in verse 27, as he gets to the end here, he says, do good for the widows and the orphans. James doesn't say, post a nice picture on Instagram that advocates for people. James doesn't say, make a, you know, make a nice little video clip and put it on your Snapchat or on some other social media. And, and I'm not saying that those things are bad, but James is saying, look, are you paying attention to real people and their needs? That's what's really doing good. And I know how, I know how hard this is, what James is saying. This is asking a lot. And you know what? James knows just how much this is asking from you. Everything is so confusing right now. Everything is so muddy and messed up. You know, how can you decide what's good or what's bad when no matter what you do, somebody's going to yell at you? I mean, the one constant refrain I keep hearing from people is, well, you, you can't make everybody happy. And I want to always laugh back at them and say, yeah, but these days it feels like I can't make anybody happy, right? And, and so how are you supposed to decide what's good? How are you supposed to do good in such a messy time? And James wants to give you this encouragement. He wants to close with this encouragement. He says, it should be kind of like doing good should be kind of like looking in a mirror. This is verses 23 and 24, if you've got your, your Bibles open there. He says, it should be kind of like looking in a mirror. And so to think about this illustration, he's saying, look at your Bible, look at the people next to you, and, and it should be as easy as to doing good for them, it should be as easy as just putting the two together. Totally natural. Just like when you wake up in the morning and, and you look in your mirror. Although I never want to look in my mirror, do you? I don't, I don't like looking in my mirror because I always see something that I don't like. You know, and that's what James says to himself. If you look on, James actually says, wait a second, don't look in the mirror. Look at the perfect law that gives freedom. And, and commentators will point out, this is kind of a strange phrase. This is a strange thing. How can a law give freedom? How can a rule give freedom? What James is talking about here is, is the gospel. James is saying, look at Jesus Christ who completed all the rules perfectly. 
He knew all the rules. He did everything that was ever demanded of him. And then he still gave up his life so you could be free from every rule. And you know what it does for you when you look at somebody who kept each and every rule that has ever existed perfectly? You can look at that and you can say, wow, that is an amazing standard. What a life. What an awesome life this guy lived. And now I know that, yeah, maybe I couldn't keep that life. I couldn't live that same quality of life. But you know what? I can do the good things that I can do. I can do them gladly because I am confident in Jesus. God will love me and accept me and he'll take them. There would be nothing that he won't want from me. Right? If you can look at this perfect law that gives freedom, you can have that kind of freedom. And you know, I think a great comparison is, is the comparison of Snow White and the Queen in Snow White and the Seven Doors. You know Snow White and the Seven Doors, right? What happens when, Snow, when the Queen looks in the mirror? The Queen looks in the mirror over and over, and the mirror tells her, oh, you're the fairest, you're the most beautiful, and she gets proud. She gets envious. She's all full of herself. You know, and that's what happens when, when you and I look in a mirror, isn't it? When we, we think about ourselves and the good things that we're doing, we start saying, well, I guess I'm a pretty good person. But Snow White, Snow White says, here's these dwarves. They need me to do good for them. And she focuses on doing good for them. And she gets raised into a new life. And God can do the same for you and for me, no matter how hard it is to do good, because Jesus gave up his life. And you might say, is this even possible? I mean, can anybody do this? Because look how, look how messy life is. There's no way I can do good right now. How could anybody possibly accept the things that I do as good? Everybody yells at me all the time, no matter what I do. Don't you feel like that? And I want to give you this little piece of, of encouragement because you know what? The ancient Christians, like I said, James knew how messy this was. The ancient Christians had the same problem that you did. The ancient Christians had this, this one writer, he wrote a, a letter to Diognetus. How's that for a name, huh? You name your kids Diognetus. And, and this letter basically said that Christians are not unique. They're not distinguished from other people by their country or their language or their customs that they live. They don't have special cities that they live in. They don't have a particular way of speaking. They don't have a special kind of life. Their way of, of living has not been figured out by any kind of special philosophy or thinking or anything like that. He says that's not anything. They live in the same cities as everybody else. They live in the same places. They follow many of the same customs. What is unique about Christians? They live in their own countries, but they do it just like they're passing through. They participate in everything else with others, but they endure everything like they're foreigners. They, have, they live in foreign lands, and they call them homelands. They live in homelands, and they call them foreign lands. They get married like everybody else, but they don't, and they have kids, but they don't destroy their offspring. They share a common table, but not a common bed. They live in physical bodies, but they don't live by their bodies. They don't exist in their flesh. They pass their days on earth, but they consider themselves citizens in heaven. And he goes on and on. He says, they love all men, all people, but they're per persecuted by all people. They're unknown and they're condemned, and yet they accept one another. They put to death and they restore other people to life. 
They're poor, but they make many people rich. They lack everything, and yet they make other people overflow in everything. They're dishonored, but they take glory in their dishonor. They're reviled, but they walk away as if they are justified and they justify others. Do you see what he's saying over and over? He says, look, these are people. These are people who can put behind them their minds and say, God has done everything for me in Jesus. I need nothing from him, them, from these people, and I can do everything for you. What an amazing thing. This is really doing gospel good. And so this is what I want to just invite you to do this week. Do some gospel good. Do some gospel good for others. Bring some gospel good into their lives. And there's all kinds of ways that you and I can do it. But maybe number two thing here, right? Last week we, we asked ourselves, what are the questions, what are you bringing? And the first thing we brought, if you filled it out last week, was we're bringing the gospel. This week, this week, bring gospel good to other people. And I don't know what that will look like for you. For me, this last week, I stopped by the new principal's office in town. I said, here's some coffee, here's a donut, and say, what do you think about the town? What do you think about Jesus? What do you think about your family? It was a way for me to show love and welcome him without asking for anything from him. What's the gospel good that you could do this week? I know it's hard, right? I know it's confusing. And so God, in James, just wants to give you this encouragement. Look at the perfect love, law of Jesus. Look at that perfect law that gives freedom. It's an amazing gospel that demands nothing from you and gives everything to you so you can give everything away. Let's do that gospel good. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the great opportunity that we have uh, in a very confusing time to love real people. We don't have to make up fake people that we need to love. We've got real people right in front of us who need real love from us. We pray that you would work through us to really love them, no matter how hard it is, and bless us in this work. We pray for this in Jesus' name. Amen.